1: In the rock, water in the stone middle on the ground, no matter where I go I don't need to worry now that I know Everything I need you got There's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan Power in the blood, healing in your hands Started flowing when you said it is done Everything you did, enough keep looking, I keep finding, you keep giving, keep providing, I have all that I need. looking, and I keep finding, you keep giving, you keep providing, I have all the I that I need You want all that I need Yeah There's honey in the rock Water in the stone metal on the ground No matter where I go I I don't need to worry Now that I know Everything I need You've got There's honey in the rock Purpose in your plan Power in the blood Healing in your hands Started flowing when you said it is done Jesus, who you are is enough There's money in the rock Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is To trust in you, Jesus Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. I throw up my hands and praise you Don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul. So singing hallelujah,
0: hallelujah. Somebody asked if we were still doing prayer tonight. There will still be a prayer service at 6 o'clock. I know not everybody's going to travel to Castalia, um, so we are going to be having that. And I was talking to Daniel. I said, you know, Daniel, I'd like to make it a prayer and testimony night where maybe we invite somebody to give their testimony once every uh, Sunday or whoever feels led to do that. So if you can't make it to Castellia and you want to come out to prayer night, six o'clock in the chapel there. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter nine. And I want you to hold that place. Matthew chapter nine and Romans chapter nine. One. We're going to be in a couple different places, but those are going to be the main passages that we're looking at. Last week, we talked about uh, how we have to see church as a family. A uh, loved one, Sheila, said about her church family, right? We cannot see this place as a business. The Bible and the apostles use family language all the time. They talk about brothers and sisters, right? We, we, we talk about our God in terms of a heavenly father, right? And um, we have a heavenly father who adopts us and we become his children, sons and daughters of God, it's family. I just read this passage on Friday, you don't have to turn there, but it's Psalm 68, four through six, and it says this, sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him, his name is the Lord, a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. Amen. God sets the lonely in families. Isn't that awesome? I've seen, I've heard that time and time again that people love this church. It's like a, a family to me. Right? And and I hope you get to experience that because it's not like a family. It is a family. Right? Why is it important that we see church as a family? We we touched on this last week. Well, how you see something determines how you interact with that thing. If somebody in church hands me a trash bag and I see church as a business, then I won't like that because a business's purpose, a business's reason for existing is to remove struggle from my life. A business's purpose is to make my life easier. So why are you handing me a trash bag, right? But if I'm in a family and Cliff hands me a trash bag, then I know I can help the family out by doing this, right? I know that every family member has a role to play in that family. That's that's why our motto is we were once friends, but now our family on a great mission right let's not forget that yeah we're family that's great but there's a mission too that goes along with that and that's what I want to focus in on today in order to do that mission well what do we need to do what do we need to focus in on well what does a family do a family creates adults right That's one of the big purposes. A family creates adults. And if we see church as a family, then then like we saw in Ephesians 4 last week, our job is to help encourage mature spiritual people, right? We're we're to equip people and, and help people mature. There's the mission, right? My job, teacher's job, other people's job, in this church, is to see that you're equipped, to see that you have an opportunity to mature. Our goal is for you to be sanctified, for you to be growing, to look more like Jesus Christ every day, right? That's why the Holy Spirit was given to you, to encourage that, to accomplish that in your life. But all too often, we don't see church as a family. We see it as that business but we can't, right? The business does things for us. The church doesn't do things for us. It helps us to do those things. That's the goal of it, right? It, it's like when you're with your spouse and your spouse turns to you and says, Hey, I don't feel like cooking today. If Adavi would say that to me, it's like, Well, I'm not going to cook, right? Because I can't cook. What do you do? Well, let's go out to a restaurant. Because That's the purpose of the restaurant, is to cook for you, right? That's a good thing. But we can't bring that mindset, that view in here, right? You don't come here. You don't come for us to do it for you. A restaurant's goal is not to help you learn how to cook, right? A restaurant's goal is to cook for you. Our goal in here, though, is to make you into a good cook, So that you can feed yourself, right? We just have two different purposes family and business. And we have to be careful that we don't bring that business aspect into here. I want us really just to be honest today. I want us to ask ourselves is growth important? Is maturing important to you? Or maybe we ask ourselves am I growing? Am I maturing? Do I see that in my life? Is that even a goal? Is it your goal to be able to pray with people out there or in here, right? Is your goal to be able to share the good news with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers or are you just depending on the church to do that, right? Or somebody in the church to the, to do that? If this is a family, then you have a responsibility to mature and to grow. If you're a parent, don't you have a responsibility to, to take your kids and do whatever you can to help them become adults, help them to become fathers, help them to become mothers? That's part of our responsibility. That's the flow of family. Here's the thing, though, that you learn as a parent. You, you can't make your kid into an adult. You can encourage it. You can do things that encourage it, but ultimately, isn't it up to them, hey, am I going to act like an adult? Am I going to take on this responsibility, right? Or am I just going to keep living an immature life? It's the same in here. Right? We have to ask ourselves, am I going to act like an adult? Am I going to seek to mature? To grow, or am I okay if just somebody else is doing that thing that God is calling me to do? Is growth even on your radar? Um, imagine you have a kid that's eight years old, right? And over the course of time, you see that they're not growing. What's going to be your response? You're going to be concerned for them, right? Not only you, you're going to be concerned, but the siblings are going to be concerned, the grandparents are going to be concerned. The aunts and uncles are going to be concerned. Why, why are they not growing? You're going to take them to the hospital. Hey, um, doctor, I'm just concerned. I don't see any growth here. Uh, I, I'm just concerned with that. What should we do, right? That's an understandable reaction because of the purpose of families to help in that growth. What if we had that same attitude in here? Do, do I have permission to ask you, are you growing? Does your brother or sister have permission to say, "I don't see you growing"? Is there something going on? You know, do we have that same level of concern that we would physically over spiritual matters? Are, are you are you growing so that you can minister, or are you just happy if somebody else does it in the church? Being able to read the Bible, right? Are you? taking that on so that you can feed yourself should that be a goal for you right we, we shouldn't have to depend on the pastor we shouldn't have to depend on the the Sunday school teacher to feed us right we should be mature enough to tell our coworkers and our friends and our family about Jesus Christ right w- why can't we plant another church why can't we plant another church Why can't we send a missionary to Haiti to help out there? I'm here to call you to mature. I'm here to challenge you with that. I'm here to call you really to take responsibility for that, right? Take responsibility to grow. I'm here to help equip you. I'm here to help you be fully engaged in whatever God is calling you to do, even if I don't agree with it. Right? I I know God is calling people to do things. And I want to support that and encourage that. Right? Just like with a kid, you want them to be an adult. And that's what God wants for us. Right? Where are you growing? Where aren't you growing? What area in your life do you need to grow in? Are you still struggling with anger, right? Or what is that one area that you, you have that issue with? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to approach that, right? Everyone who knows Jesus Christ has a twofold call on their life, regardless of who you are. Everyone has a twofold call. The first call is to be like Jesus, to grow and be like Jesus. And the second call is to join God in what he's doing all around you, in your neighborhood, with your family, at your school, right? You're you're called to look more like Christ every day and to grow in that. And you're called to join him. The, The best thing that I see is when somebody gets fully engaged with this. That's a a cool sight to see, right? That's when people are alive. That's when people are full of God's peace and joy, no matter what's going on in their life, right? Because they're experiencing the fullness of God. I, I went to Las Vegas one time for work. And I had seen a lot of movies about Vegas, right? We see a lot of TV shows and everything like that. It always looks so fun. It always looks so exciting. People are laughing. People are having a great time. They're, they're winning big. That's how you see it on TV. But when you actually go to Vegas, I, I was put up in a hotel in a casino. And I remember walking through that casino and seeing just this sea of slot machines. People sitting there just pulling the handle, pulling the handle. And I remember going to the things that I had to go to, and then I came back late at night and I walked through that same sea and I see people that were there before just still sitting there. They're like zombies pulling it, right? Nobody's laughing, nobody's having a great time, nobody's smiling. I saw people winning and they weren't even happy, right? They're just like zombies there. And, and I remember, man, just that thought just depressing me. But that's a lot of us Christians. We're, we're focused in on something else, not what God has called us to do. And we're just pulling the lever day out, day in, day out, doing that grind. We're, we're not experiencing the fullness of what God has for us. We're not engaged in who God has called us to be. We're not engaged in what God has called us to do. And of course then, everything's boring. Everything's meaningless if that's our goal, if we're chasing after something else, right? What are you chasing after in your life? What are you pulling the lever on? Thinking that if you just win that, right? If, if that just happens to hit once, right? then I'll be happy. I guarantee you, if it's not of God, you'll be right back there pulling more and more, looking for something bigger and better. Pursue after what God calls you to pursue after. Pursue after who God has called you to be, right? There's a mission. And when you realize this, and when you join God in what he's doing, that's where it gets exciting, church. I remember being a teen, sitting, this, sitting in churches, thinking this is the most boring thing ever. But I wasn't participating in anything. I wasn't following what God was calling me to do. There's a call to grow. There's a call to serve. Is it difficult? Yeah. <laughs> but is it exciting? Does it pay off? More than you know, right? Matthew. Chapter 9, beginning at verse 35 through 38. This hit me. You're going to recognize this passage. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. There's a job, there's a mission, right? Wouldn't that be amazing to be a part of? Can you be a part of this? Yeah. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. There's a mission, right? Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. What does Jesus ask us to pray for? He doesn't say pray for the harvest, right? The harvest is ripe. People are ready. They're ready There's just nobody to work the fields. There's just nobody to go out there, right? The harvest isn't the problem. We we think that's the problem. Oh, people just don't blah blah blah. No, they're ready. They're waiting. The problem is we're not willing to go into our workplaces. We're not willing to go into our schools. (laughs) We're not willing to talk to our family. And life's boring because we're just chasing after the slot machine, right? People are not willing to engage in what God has called them to do. People are not willing to join God in what He's doing. Same problem back then that we have today. The harvest is ripe. People are ripe. Are you taking responsibility? Are you taking responsibility to work the field? Do you take responsibility to go into the harvest? Or... Are you just okay if the church does it? Right? That's the church's job. That's the pastor's job. That's my Sunday school teacher's job. If you take it seriously, if you take that responsible seriously, it, it's going to change how you look at the church because you're going to see the church as, man, that's a place where I need to get equipped. That's a place where I need to learn how to do this, man. I see the, I see the, the harvest is right, but I'm not sure how to do it. Well, I'm going to go to church and help get equipped so that I can do it. And you're going to come in here with a different mindset than if it's somebody else's job to do, right? Is it, is it my job to go talk to your neighbor about Jesus Christ? Is it my job to talk to your family member? No. Man, that's your responsibility. That's on you. Are you equipped? Man, I better get to church. I better get in the Word. I better be studying. I better be praying. I better be looking up YouTube videos on how to share the gospel, right? Take ownership on it to mature in those things. It'll, it'll produce a radical change in how you look at the church, right? Instead of just coming to church to, I, I want to hear something, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to church to get equipped. I gotta, find, I gotta find some people to go with me into the harvest field, right? That's a beautiful thing. That, I like, when I go visiting people, I like to have somebody with me. It takes the load off me. I'm, a, I'm an introvert. I don't like visiting people, right? So I bring somebody like my wife who's more extroverted and can talk better and carry the conversation with me. Take somebody with you. Find that person in the church, Right? Lauren Cunningham, American missionary. You founded a mission organization called YWAM, Youth with a Mission, right? Said this. This is a great quote. You might want to write it down. You're either a missionary or a mission field, right? You're either a missionary or a mission field. We all started off as mission fields. But there has to be a growth pattern in our lives that is moving us to be missionaries. We're called to disciple. We're called to reach the lost, right? Have you ever shared Jesus with anybody? Have you ever shared your testimony with anyone? No, I I just don't know what to say. I I don't know how I do that. Okay, so are you happy being in that place where you don't know? Or... Are you going to make a conscious effort to get equipped in that area, right? Are you going to seek that out so that you can grow in that area? Are you satisfied with your knowledge of the Bible? I don't know anybody that's satisfied with their knowledge of the Bible. Or do you wish you knew it better? Well, are you going to commit to that? How, how can you learn the Bible better? You can come to Sunday school. You can come to Wednesday night. You can come to both. You can come to a Friday night Meaning, you could start a group, right? Will you take ownership of it? Or are you okay if just some pastor knows the Bible and can tell you something? I'm here to call you to maturity. I'm here to call my, listen, anything I preach, God's preaching to me, right? I need to grow in some areas. I think we all do, right? Right? I used to see my job as a pastor, right, to do this thing really well. I need to preach really well. I need to teach really well. And, and there were times in this past year where I was teaching on Wednesday, teaching Sunday school, and preaching. And now I see my job as I need to equip you to do some of those things. You need to grow in it. I need to encourage that. Sometimes I do not do a good job encouraging that. But I want to. I want you to grow. I want to call people. That's why we try to have different people come up and do different things. And listen, when you do that, Troy prayed for the service. Was he nervous before he prayed for the service? Heck yeah. The first time you do something, you're going to be nervous, right? I remember the first time I preached on a Sunday night. It was not good. It was not good at all. It was bad. But that's where we start off. And we... We've got to recognize that and be okay with that. When somebody else comes and preaches and teaches, they might have some off lessons, right? That's a beautiful thing because they're growing. They're stepping out. They're facing their fears. And I'm here to call you to that, right? Step out with those things. John 20, as my as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. There's a job to do. Christ started it. Christ passed on the job to the church. And we have the power of God who enables us to carry it out inside of us, abiding with us, right? The church is not just as not just a family as great as it is. The church is a family on mission, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's who we are, right? There's a family business that we're called to that we just saw in there. Are, Are you the family member that is growing so that you can take on more of the family business? Or are you that one family member who's okay if you just skate by and everybody else does everything? What's going to stop you from being on mission? What's going to stop you from taking that on? It's the question that you have to answer. Is the family mission worth it? Is this thing that I'm called to worth it? That's why we want to be in Romans and look at Romans 1 beginning at verse 8. This is Paul, and he was definitely a part of the family mission, right? A big part. He took the gospel from area to area. This, this passage is a letter that he wrote to the church in Rome, a church he hasn't been to. Listen to this, Romans 1.8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you. In my prayers at all times, and I pray now at last by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I may have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles." I am obligated both to Greeks and non Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Gentile, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the, righteousness, the righteous will live by faith. Amen. Was the mission worth it to Paul? I see someone eager, right? Verse 15, he's eager to get there to preach the gospel. Do you buy that? Yeah, good. I don't know, if you think about Paul's missionary journeys, right? Filled with a ton of pain and problems. Roadblocks, right? Beaten multiple times. Shipwrecked multiple times. Naked, cold, attacked. He had a group of people that would follow him from city to city, stirring up trouble for him. Could you imagine having that following you in your ministry? How would you deal with that? One time they stirred up the town so much that the town took him outside and stoned him and left him for dead. And he's eager despite all of that. Eager, right? Why would you be eager when it's so hard? I played a video game for a few years. Grinded, leveled up a character in that game to its highest level I did the hardest mission. I had all the coolest weapons. If you're not a video game player, this isn't going to make sense to you. But I had the best looking armor, best abilities in that, cool ships and everything, everything that you could have for that thing. And then a website came out. I've told this story before. That website tracked how much time you spent playing that game though. And of course over those years, I found out I had spent a thousand hours playing that video game. If you figure that out, if if I was just playing that 40 hours a week, that's 25 weeks I spent playing that video game. And you know what I think of when I look back to that time? Boy, that wasn't worth it, right? That was not worth it. All the grinding, all the struggling, it wasn't. I'm worried that for you and for me, we're going to get to the end of our lives and we're going to find out we had a 1,000 hours into this or that, and it wasn't worth it, whatever that thing is. Paul's still eager because he found something that was worth it. Paul says in verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Holy smokes, Right? Paul's not ashamed. He would be ashamed if he aligned his life to something that wasn't worth it, right? But he's not ashamed of being a part of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Amen? Life has a tendency to wear on us, to wear you down, to beat you up. So that thing that you pour yourself into better be worth it. Right? The gospel, the mission that God gave him definitely was. Man, I hope this this scripture ignites a passion inside of you. Right? Do Do you remember where you came from? Do you remember that? Right? I was born in a suburb of Chicago, lived in a trailer park for a good portion of my life. Those days are long gone, but once in a while, it's just fun to think back to those days. And think about those things. My friends, I hope we remember where we came from. Do you remember pre-Christ? We were dead in our transgressions. We were under condemnation. We were objects of God's wrath. But because of his great love for us, because of his rich mercy, right? He saved us. He made us new. We were born again. We got a new name, right? We can't forget that. I owe Jesus Christ everything, everything. And I want to be a part of what he started and what he's asked the church to continue on, right? What he's called us to. Do you remember the price that was paid for you? Do you remember? The price. Do you remember that you received freedom from sin and so many other things? Do you remember what you are bought out of? Do you remember when that weight was lifted off of you? Do you remember the amazing gift given even though you didn't deserve it? I didn't deserve it. How incredible, Right? Let us share the grace that's been given to us in the darkness that surrounds us, right? I don't, I don't want to ever move into entitlement where I think, man, I'm a good person, right? And I somehow deserve this. No, I'm not, right? It's just grace, and I praise God for it. I praise God that he gave it to me when I didn't deserve it. Let's share that, right? That's the calling on every believer's life. We share what we experience. We share what God has done. We testify to that. So many times, we with our kids, we focus in on occupation, right? What are you going to do when you grow up? We strive for so many other things, hoping that it's going to give us purpose. But in the end, will it be worth it? I'm ashamed I've pursued after other things that just aren't worth it. Then instead of being on the family mission that I've been called to. Paul met Christ on the road to Damascus, right? He was told, hey, go to this guy named Ananias in Damascus. And God told Ananias this about Paul in Acts 9.15. He said, this is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Paul had a specific job to do. And so do you, each and every one of you, right? Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. When you know Christ, man, you'll see yourself as God's workmanship. When you're in Christ, right, I hope you realize that he created you in advance because he had something in mind for you to do, which he prepared for you to do. Find it. Embrace it. Church won't be boring when you do that, when you search after that. I want to help you find it, right? Because then your life will have purpose and meaning and be full, even if you're struggling financially, even if you're struggling with a a relationship somewhere else. You'll be full. James, I, I want to know that. How do I find it? Ask yourself, what talents do you have? In what ways can you point to God through something that God has gifted you, right? What spiritual gift has been given to you? I don't, I don't know. Well, wouldn't that be something good to figure out? Wouldn't that be something good to pray about and to seek out? Wouldn't that be something good to say, hey, Andrew, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Will you pray with me about that? As I hope, I hope to seek that? What, what burdens do you have on your heart? That's a good indicator of what God is calling to you, you to do, right? The, the Matthew passage says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Where does your heart go out to? Who does your heart go out to, right? I, I, well, I hate to see people suffering in this way. Well, maybe that's what God is calling you to do and to be a part of and to help out, right? pray and listen for god's call in the little things the little things add up to big things but most of us are too busy most of us aren't really concerned most of us aren't looking for it most of us aren't listening for it the harvest is there but the workers aren't begin the journey take the next step focus in on maturity right take the next step of faith whatever that is god didn't call me day one to be a pastor he called me day one to be an usher and i said yeah and then he called me one day to teach little kids even though i didn't like them and i said yeah then he called me to teach teens didn't like teens grew to love teens grew to love little kids right Then he called me, hey, why don't you be the youth pastor? Why don't you take this on? Why don't you be the associate pastor? Why don't you take a step of faith and become the lead pastor? Right? He didn't call me day one to be the lead pastor. He called me in increments. What is he calling you to do today? Right? Are you listening? Are you seeking that out? Are you seeking to be equipped? Man, I, I wish every one of you knew what God was calling you to do today. That would be awesome. And I wish every one of us would say yes. What's next in my life? I don't know. Still teaching me about this thing, right? What does God calling you to do paul prayed in verse 10 and i pray now at last by god's will that the way may be open for me to come to you pray god opens and closes some doors right and sets your path that's not a bad prayer i I pray that my kids get jobs that don't lead them away from following god if they're going to get a great job that pays really, really well but doesn't encourage them in following god's will for their life i pray that that door is closed I pray for their friends, that they have great friends who lead them towards Christ, who will will work the fields with them. And I pray those doors are opened. Pray for the same thing. When you're evaluating, evaluating what to do, see where God wants to use you right where you're at. Where do you see brokenness? Where do you have compassion for people? See that as your mission field. See that as an opportunity from God, right? I love hearing about Dean and Mike praying for people that they're helping to try sell homes to. Combine it, right? Combine it where you're at. See the opportunities with whatever you're doing. Can we be, be reminded of verse 11 and 12? I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. What? Paul, the great apostle, needed help? He needed encouragement? He needed to be around other people that would give him fuel, that would pray for him? He needed their friendship he needed their financial support, he needed other companions to go with him. Do you see what he needed? Family. That's what he needed. Remember how he talks about Timothy, my son in the faith? Family. You aren't alone. You have a family to help you on the path that God's called you to. Can you be reminded of that? Can you see how important you are to other people? Can you see that? Paul needed encouragement. We all need encouragement at times. Someone came up to me last week and kind of apologized because they thought they weren't doing as much as they should be doing because maybe what they were doing didn't look like what somebody else was doing. And I told that person, man, you are a huge encouragement to me. And my wife echoed that same thing to this person. That's a gift to be an encourager. That person might not be Bible teacher. That person could be Bible teacher. That person has done that, you know. But man, encouragement, that's huge. Your gifts might not look like my gifts, but that's the point. That's the beauty of this thing. When we bring all of our different gifts together, right, then we look like Christ the most. Get the right people around you and live what's worth living for. You know what's really cool about this passage? And you you might not have realized it, right? Paul was on a mission on this journey to get to to Rome, this assignment from God to bring the gospel all over. But the gospel beat Paul to Rome. You read Acts and it's about Paul and his companions working to get to Rome. But the fact is we already know there's a church here, right? And Paul's saying he's heard about their faith, which means the gospel of Jesus Christ beat them there it is comforting for me to know that the gospel is bigger than me. The gospel is not fully dependent on me. The gospel can't be stopped. Amen? It's bigger than us. That's why the fields are already ready. They're just waiting for somebody to go out there with a testimony and tell them this is what God's done in my life and he can do it for your life. He set me free. And He can set you free as well. Right? Witness. Tell people about what Christ has done in your life. The motivation for you and I is not if we don't do this thing, somebody might go to hell. That's a guilt trip, right? The motivation is This thing has changed my life, and I want to tell everyone about it. I want everyone to experience the freedom from condemnation. I want everyone to experience the grace that I've experienced. This thing wrecked my life. This thing turned my life upside down, and it's offered to you freely. It was given to me when I didn't deserve it. And it's offered to you in the same way. That's what we get to be a part of. What could be a better use of your life than sharing that with other people? Amen? I want to end with this story. I heard about this woman who was on a plane. And as... They were taken off. She just happened to open up her window. And I saw the picture. She saw this sight that was amazing. It was one of the, I think it was like the northern lights. It might have been the southern lights, the Borealis, right? And she said it was just incredible. She was captivated by it. She was amazed by it. And and she, she looked up and down the aisleways, and she noticed that everyone on her side of the plane had their window closed. And she was like, I just wanted to get out of my seat and run up and down the aisle telling everybody, open your window, right? Open your window. You're missing out on this. But she didn't because she was worried about getting thrown off the plane. You know those crazy people nowadays, right? Her husband goes, didn't the pilot say anything about it? The pilot had to have seen it. Those people in the cockpit had to have seen it, right? But they didn't share it. She didn't share it, and people missed out on seeing the beauty, on being able to experience that. My friends, that can't be us. Haven't we experienced something amazing? Why wouldn't we share it? Why wouldn't we tell somebody else what God has done in our lives, right? My friends, you and I have to seek maturity. Like a kid, has to take one day, has to take ownership of that, has to take responsibility for that. Hey, i got to see myself as an adult. i got to see myself in that respect, right? There's a day where your son or daughter needs to set the alarm clock for themselves and quit depending on their parents to wake up. There's a day where you got to take responsibility to be in the Word, to be reading it, to be challenged by it. To seek to grow to seek to mature right will you do that that's my question that i want to leave with you today will you seek it will you seek to be equipped will you seek to grow will you te- seek to take that next step will you share your testimony will you stand with me paul at the end of his life had a lot of jewels in his crown right And do you know what he's going to do with those jewels and that crown? Throw them down at the feet of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ is everything. Right? Because he wants to just bow down with his life, with his everything, and worship him. Do we? Is Jesus Christ everything to you? If he is, then share him. Pray for an opportunity, right? That's why we always pray. Pray for an opportunity at that gas station. Pray for that opportunity with that family member. Pray for that opportunity at school. Pray for that opportunity, whatever whatever God may provide. Lord, steer that conversation towards you. Give me a chance to testify. Give me a chance to tell somebody else what you've done in my life. Look for it. Pray for it. Seek it out. And if you're not there, seek out maturity. And if you are there, seek out more maturity. Seek out to be sanctified, to be set apart, to be conformed to the image of Christ more and more every day. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your amazing grace that's offered to us, that's offered to, to everyone. Father, we know that there are people around us in darkness, and they need to hear how you brought us out of that darkness. How you gave us hope. How you gave us a new life. There are people whose lives have been broken, and they need to hear how the God that we serve put the pieces back together and created something beautiful with us. They need hope. Lord, let us be ambassadors of that. Let us be ambassadors of your grace. Lord, give us the ministry of reconciliation. Give us opportunities every day for that, Lord. Or just give us one opportunity, Lord. And give us a boldness to share. Lord, we love you and we give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.